You're listening to the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. We sit down with some of the most highly regarded experts in the field of rehab, from physical therapists, athletic trainers, and much more. We dive into what makes them tick and hear about the lessons they have learned along their journey. Come listen to what these experts have to say. Welcome into the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. Today, we got Michael Messer of the Nashville Soccer Club. Michael, welcome in. Thanks for having me, Chase. All right, Michael. Um, Give people a little bit of background about yourself, um, where you grew up, um, what got you into PT in the first place, and then specifically into sports PT. Yeah, so um, I have spent most of my life in uh, Richmond, Virginia. It's where I was born, where I grew up, uh, where I went to PT school. And uh, I guess it was back in 2014, sorry, 2017, made the move to North Carolina to work at Duke Sports Medicine and was there for about three years and then uh, had now made the move here to Nashville. Um, to answer your question about how I got into sports PT, I believe it started for me back in high school, um, probably like a lot of, of PTs that get into sport. I sustained a, a few injuries back in high school um, as well as in college and just kind of had the thought that, yeah, hey, this might not be bad to do the rest of my life. I really appreciated uh, all the help that uh, the PTs back then gave me, getting me back to health. So uh, that was kind of when the, the idea was first planted in my head. And so kind of talk a little bit more about your journey to Nashville. So you were working at Duke's, Duke Sports Medicine. Um, kind of tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Nashville working for the MLS team there. Yeah, so um, I'd say the, you know, the path to sports has been gradual for me. Um I always knew it was what I wanted to do, uh, but it, it is kind of something that, you know, you work your way up to unless, you, you know, maybe you catch a lucky break along the way. Uh, my first job was just in a general outpatient ortho clinic. I was there for about a year. And from there, I went on to work at Virginia Commonwealth University's uh, sports medicine clinic for three years. And so that was when I really got to kind of start to develop um you know, my love for sports physical therapy. And I took a special interest in, in their soccer teams and I uh, did a little bit of extra work with them. And from there, uh, I did go on to Duke Sports Medicine. Um, I was a little bit sad to give up the opportunity of, of working with the Division One athletes, but it was an opportunity to uh, essentially uh, work within and kind of drive my own soccer program. And uh, while I was there, uh, initially what drew me was, uh, again, it was kind of an opportunity more to work specifically within soccer. Uh, There was a a relatively well-known physician within the soccer world named Bill Garrett uh, that worked there. And it was a great opportunity to get to work alongside him. And Duke is also one of three FIFA medical centers of excellence uh, in the United States and one of 40, I think, three across the world. And so, you know, the opportunity to get involved with that was also very appealing. And, you know, luckily we were really able to to grow the program and uh, I got a lot of experience and repetitions there. And 
just through some of the connections that I kind of made through conferences and, um, you know, working uh, within the soccer world, uh, they advertised for the position here in Nashville and I applied for it. One thing led to another and uh, here I am. Gotcha. And how long have you been with the Nashville Soccer Club now at this point? So I started uh, essentially right as the season began. So uh, back in March was uh, my first week. Okay. So hearing your story, you've had, you know, soccer being your driving interest um, pretty much from the beginning. So what makes you, you know, so excited to work with soccer athletes in particular? For for me, uh, soccer for whatever reason, my whole life has, has just been the sport that I've been most attracted to. Um, you know, my parents, I think like most parents do, uh, threw me on a soccer team when I was really young. And uh, they also exposed me to other sports. Um, you know, tried baseball, tried uh, gymnastics, actually. Um, none of those, I think karate, none of those really resonated with me. And so soccer was just what I gravitated to. And so I've played um, and continue to try to play when I can ever since I was probably five, six. And, uh, it's just always been something that, uh, I just, I love, I love being around, I love being a part of, and, um, you know, I've, I've, I think because I feel so strongly about it, it's just been, you know, great to try to actually work towards that for a, a career and to be able to kind of connect, um, my physical therapy background to the the sport that's always given me so much. You've been doing this for now going on, like, see if I calculated right, like five, six, seven years now. Um, so what about sport working with athletes in particular is so fulfilling to you, you know, compared to general population or even neuro setting or an acute care setting? Well, so I think probably part of it for me is the, the sport population is the one that I personally can probably identify with best, uh, just sport being such a, a big part of my life up to this point. I think that one of the things that I have really loved along the way um, is kind of seeing the athlete when essentially they're at their lowest point, you know, right after the injury, uh, depending on the setting you're work in, working in, it, you could actually be there from the moment of injury. And, you know, you kind of get to see them through the whole process all the way up to the end. And, you know, I would say my job at Duke was fantastic, um, you know, getting to work with with more athletes and, you know, kind of getting there to be on the front end for some of the injuries. But, you know, just with the, the way that the regular clinic world works, you don't always get the opportunity to necessarily be there right at the end when they're kind of in that return to play and getting back up to, to their normal performance level. And what's, you know, one of the things I've loved about my new role here in Nashville is I essentially do get to be there kind of from beginning all the way to the end and then get to kind of see them on a, a you know, daily basis after this, go out and perform in training and out in matches. And, um, you know, it's just really neat to, to kind of experience the whole process. So now that you've been working, you know, in this, in this job for a while now, what are some like different challenges that you face that you didn't expect to kind of pop up when you first started? So, you know, actually the, uh, some of the questions you shot me, this is probably the one I had to think about the most. Um, and what I would probably say would be, there's maybe two things. So number one would be just from a time 
standpoint, um, trying to, you know, juggle all of the athlete schedules, trying to juggle the, you know, schedule with the administrative staff, with the coaching staff, with the medical staff. And, you know, I think one of the things that, um, is a, a prevailing theme throughout, you know, sports physical therapy is kind of the, the ideal world versus the, the real world. And reality is, you know, probably somewhere in between. And so, you know, we have all of these, you know, ideas and, and research that, you know, maybe we would, as the medical and performance staff like to apply, but realistically, there's just not always that, that time in the day to get everything, you know, that we would like to get done, done. And so trying to, to juggle that, um, I would say is it you know, certainly a challenge. Um, and then this is probably, uh, you know, more just with kind of where we are, uh, as a club and organization right now. So more specific to us, but we don't have our own facility yet. And so, you know, currently we're, we are housed in a couple of different buildings. And just so from a communication standpoint of, you know, not everyone quite being in the same space uh, can sometimes, you know, present its own unique challenges. So in the future or how far along into the future do you think it'll be before you guys are, you know, all under one roof? So we got some good news this week, actually. They have broke ground on our new training facility. So our new stadium, um, which will be a, a soccer-specific stadium and actually the largest uh, currently in the country at about 30,000 people, uh, will be, should be completed next year. Our training facility, the projected finish date is mid-2022, um, but I feel like with construction, there's a lot of times delays. So hopefully in the, the not too distant future. <laughs> um, and so speaking a little bit more specifically about your guys' club and the structure of it, um, I know every organization and every sport is a little bit different in how they structure their sports medicine team. So how would you, how is the uh, National Soccer Club sports medicine team structured with physicians and surgeons and athletic trainers and even like down to, um, you know, performance coaches and uh, like psychologists and dietitians as well. So um, last year was our, our first season as a club. And we started with um, on the performance side of things, we started with a head performance coach as well as a strength and conditioning coach. And the medical department started with a head athletic trainer and two assistant athletic trainers this season. I was hired onto the staff, and uh, so we now have a, a full-time physical therapist. That we also hired an academy athletic trainer as well as a full-time uh, massage therapist. So, you know, the medical department has certainly grown. Um, we are currently actually looking for uh, someone to fill in in our assistant uh, performance coach role. And I think the plan for the future is to try to incorporate, uh, you know, students and interns where we can as the, the club continues to grow. Gotcha. And yeah, I asked that question because I know every team and from sport to sport, depending on like the level, whether you're collegiate or professional or semi-professional, um, the sports medicine team varies based on, you know, the size and what they can, you know, hold. So I was just curious as a newer club, you know, kind of how you guys were structured now and how you guys plan on growing. All right. So speaking a little bit more like clinical question, um, 
how do you balance like a busy schedule along with life and keeping up with the research to make sure that you're providing, you know, the most up-to-date things for your athletes and patients? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think that, um, honestly, probably there's, there's so many different ways out there to do this. It, it comes down to a little bit of personal preference. Uh, for me, um, I have essentially set up, you know, search terms on PubMed so that once a week I get pushed articles that are related to the, the search terms that uh, I've typed in. You know, if I would say in general, I don't really mess with those just because they're, they're more like general, just soccer based. And, you know, I will kind of review those as I, as best I can. Um, if I have, you know, some questions about an individual athlete, you know, that I'm working with in terms of, you know, care, then a lot of times it'll just be a, you know, separate search on PubMed uh, that I go through, try to find the best I can. And then um, I am not a huge social media user. Um, you know, I think the reason that I got Twitter uh, was for professional reasons. I think that a lot of people do a really nice job of, of publishing their own research and getting it out in the world. And, um, you know, I try to tailor, you know, my account to towards those, you know, individuals that, you know, I guess tweet and, and publish things that are more related to what I do. Uh, I know that a lot of other people, you know, are, are really gotten into Instagram and probably a couple other social media avenues, but, uh, you know, for me individually, um, you know, I think just good old PubMed, uh, Twitter here and there. And, um, you know, if, if need be, then, uh, you know, diving a little bit deeper into things uh, with some individual search topics on PubMed as needed. So walk us through a little bit or walk us through a day in the life for you, um, you know, home game day versus a practice day versus an away game for you. So a normal training day, we will you know come in early in the morning, uh, usually around uh, somewhere between 6.30 and 7. And we'll start with treatments for the guys that need it. Uh, from there, we'll kind of turn into um, some, depending on time of year, um, we'll either get kind of both lifting groups in or we'll have our morning lifting group kind of practice prep and then uh, training will start. I, if I have any rehab guys, the, the rehab guys are essentially with me all day with treatment leading into the gym, leading into on the field. If I happen to have multiple guys, uh, which knock on wood has happened very few times this season. Uh, the way that we've structured it is if someone needs to be in the gym, I'll be in there with them. And then if there's another rehab guy that needs to be out on the field, then our head athletic trainer, Jake Brownback will, uh, manage that. So, you know, I'll kind of put the program together and he and I will make sure we're on the same page and then he's able to direct that and, and run the guys through it. And, uh, you know, Jake's a great guy. He's, he's worked in the MLS for several years and, um, is, you know, just a really great athletic trainer. And then if, you know, there's only one guy, then I'll do both gym and field with them. Uh, post-treatment if need be. A lot of times we'll have them do a modified lifting session if they're in rehab. And, uh, you know, normally that all wraps up by, you know, somewhere between, I'd say anywhere between two and three, sometimes four, uh, take care of any paperwork stuff. And then 
plan for the next day, however long that takes me, it you know varies from day to day. Then on a home match, uh, depending on the time of the match, if it's a, a later uh, game, then we will usually have a uh, the rehab guys come in in the morning. And the guys that do not make the, the roster will ha- actually have a training session that day. So, you know, the home match days tend to be pretty long. So early in the morning, usually a normal start time. And then if it's a later game, you know, we could be working till, you know, between 11 and midnight. Um, but, you know, it's match day. It's a lot of fun. And then uh, away matches. I have to wear a few different uh, hats on that day as uh, since, you know, some guys don't travel, the rehab guys stayed behind. Uh, We do have staff obviously that goes with the team. And so um, on those days, I will usually lead the team in the lift. I'll still have the rehab guys that I, you know, I'm working with. And then I'll also uh, warm up the team on the field and, you know, just help out however I can with the, the other assistant athletic trainer that has uh, not traveled and, you know, just tend to any other little odds and ends that come up over the course of the day. So, you know, depending on the day, I get to, to wear a few different hats, which is, you know, nice. It adds a little bit of variety to the role. Right. And you talked about how, you know, if you have um, some athletes that are in the gym or, you know, that are doing on-field rehab, the athletic trainer works with them. And if they're in the gym, they're working with you. Um, but when an athlete initially gets injured, how do you guys divvy up or decide where that particular athlete goes? Yeah, so I think, you know, Jake is uh, the head of our sports medicine department. So I think that any new injury, uh, you know, he really wants to get his hands on. Um, so he'll kind of do the initial assessment. If I, it, depending on, you know, we talked about schedule earlier, if scheduling works out, then I'll try to be there for that. And we kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And uh, I also, you know, a lot of times once I get them kind of, you know, into after that initial assessment, once they spend a little more time with me, I'll kind of do, you know, my own exam, just to get my own eyes on them, just get my own hands on them, just get a feel for where they are. And, you know, I feel like honestly, you know, a lot of times the, the first few days uh, after an injury are, it's almost like an extended evaluation, just kind of getting to know the athlete and, and kind of getting to know what their tolerance level is for certain things and where they're at. Um, so, you know, any of the, uh, you know, on-field stuff is always the, the athletic trainers that will assess that. And then, you know, anything, again, that I need to, to take a look at, I will normally do so uh, after the fact. Gotcha. And if you have an athlete that is coming in for rehab and let's say they're out like for a month, are you seeing that athlete every day? Or are you seeing them, you know, three to four times a week? How does that, how do you kind of make that determination? Yeah. So, you know, essentially um, our, our approach to it is, you know, these guys normally are going to be doing something soccer related, uh, five, six days out of the week. And, you know, at this level, it is their job. And so for us, you know, on the rehab side of things, we will normally work together, uh, six times a week minimum. Um, if we need to do it more frequently than that, we will. Um, but essentially, you know, five kind of main rehab days, we'll throw in like a a regen or recovery day in there. Um, but 
you know, if our goal is to get them back to performing on the field, then, you know, we want to try to do everything we can to accelerate that process. And, um, you know, honestly, the, it's really what the athletes want, you know, they want to be back out there. And so usually they're kind of willing to do whatever it takes, you know, whatever you ask of them in order to, to achieve that in a timely manner. So a more like, I guess, lighthearted question in your time that you've been with the national soccer club, um, <laughs> what has been one of your like favorite on field moments or it doesn't even have to be on field during a game, but one of your favorite moments while working there so far? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, let's see here. So I would say for me, um, we had uh, one rehab of uh, one of our players. He actually got injured while he was away with the national team and uh, you know, wound up coming back to, to the club after that happened and not finishing the rest of the tournament. And so the timing of it, um, you know, he, he was essentially looking at World Cup qualification in September and you know, really wanting to try to be ready for that. And, uh, just kind of that whole process with him, um, kind of again, from the beginning all the way to the end. And, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough. Um, I, I've been able to work with our national team before, and that was actually where I first met him. And, you know, he put in a good word for me, uh, actually way back when I applied for the position. Um, but, uh, you know, just, kind of seeing him at his low point, kind of like we talked about earlier. And then, you know, the hard work that was put in to try to get him ready to, to be considered for that first round of world cup qualification. And there's actually one day where right, right towards the end of rehab, when uh, we were hoping to hit certain on-field metrics and we were falling just a little bit short for the week. And so he and I did an individual session and, um, you know, just kind of being out there on the field with him, knocking the ball around, uh, you know, just, I, I knew he appreciated it and, uh, getting to see him work hard and do the extra work, uh, you know, it was, it was, I found a lot of value in that. And, um, he, it wound up working out for him where he did get the call. So, uh, just going through that whole process with him, I think was, was pretty rewarding. Uh, and, you know, again, there's a lot of kind of, background history there that maybe made it just a touch more rewarding, but that was, uh, that was definitely a neat process. Right. And I think that answer kind of like encapsulates why people love to do sports PT, because every time I ask that question, it's never like, Oh, it was a big game or whatever. It's not like the bright lights. It's like, you know, I got to see this person from like day zero all the way until they're able to achieve their highest goals that they want to do whether it be, you know, returning back to the field or like you said, qualify, you know, being able to qualify for the World Cup team, which is pretty awesome. Um, so the last question I got for you, Michael, is um, do you, what piece of advice do you have for someone that wants to be in your position or in sports PT in general? So I think what I would say, um, I'll try to answer this question broad and then maybe narrow it down a little bit. Um, from, I, I think that the answer is going to probably vary based to all the different people that you speak to, because we all kind of had our own path to, to get to, you know, maybe the role that we wanted to be in. I think that uh, in general, kind of broad, the things that, that 
I will normally, you know, tell people to, to try to pursue would be, um, one hard work. So I think that historically, and the world is changing, but historically, uh, it's been predominantly physicians and athletic trainers that were on the medical side, more involved in the sports world. And you are starting to see more and more, you know, PTs get into the sports world, but you know, it's, it's, for me, it was hard work of, you know, just continuing to chip away and, and honestly to seek out and try to create opportunities for myself. And, you know, a lot of times that, that was on my own time and, and volunteering. So, you know, VCU, it was, it was spending the extra time outside of the clinic, you know, at, at training or at games with the athletic trainers, with the coaches, with the athletes, with the physicians and creating those relationships you know, at Duke, it was going out into the community and talking to different clubs and, you know, different soccer figures from within the community. And, you know, on a more broad scale, uh, you know, going to continuing education, whether it be here in the U.S. or overseas, you know, overseas, the, the sports medicine side of things within soccer is, you know, a little more well-developed than it is over here. And just really trying to, you know, immerse yourself in whatever it is that you're trying to get into and, you know, just being prepared to, to have to put in the little bit of extra time to, you know, maybe get your foot in the door. Um, one thing that, you know, I've learned from just a broad sports perspective is a lot of times these, you know, roles with professional teams are not advertised and it's word of mouth that, you know, gets you your in. And so I think networking, uh, you know, I am very much an introvert. Uh, however, uh, I have found the value in networking and whether that be, again, going to conferences, whether it be on social media, which I'm not great at, but I know that there are definitely those individuals that are. Uh, that's, you know, I think really big for um, trying to get into the sports world. Uh, I would say narrowing it down a little bit more towards, you know, something like what I do. I think that if you, you know, if you look across the league MLS right now, uh, I believe there we're currently at 27 teams and, you know, we've got a few more expansion teams added, but of those 27 teams, if you just look at like the specific physical therapist role, I, I believe there are only 11 teams that hire a full-time PT. I think that there are at least two PT ATCs that are employed in the head athletic trainer role. Um, and I think maybe soon to be maybe one more PT within the league, but uh, you know, that still puts us at, I don't think not even quite 50%. And um, you know, that's at the top soccer league in the U S. And so the, the, what I'm getting at is there's just, there aren't that many, you know, roles. I think this season we, we maybe added three PTs to the league. So again, it's growing, which is encouraging. Um, but, you know, what I would say is I think, you know, be patient, continue to work hard, look, look for those opportunities. Uh, one of the, you know, consistent questions that I've heard when there have been some PT roles open up in the league uh, is, you know, we want someone with experience. And so, you know, specifically in soccer. And so as I would tell other clinicians as best you can, you know, get that experience within the soccer world. Uh, if you, you know, think outside of major league soccer, 
you know, you're talking about USL, you're talking about, you know, collegiate youth level. Um, I think very rarely do the USL organizations have, you know, the financial structure in order to employ their own PT. And so I'm sure that there are, you know, lots of PTs out there that work obviously with the USL players, just maybe not in a full-time role. Same thing for the level below, you know, so it's USL championship, USL one, USL two. So same thing for all those levels. You know, there may be a few here and there, but I doubt that it's very prevalent. And, you know, I think in collegiate athletics, a lot of times, you know, there, there may be uh, colleges and universities that employ physical therapists on their sports medicine staff, but very rarely are they probably assigned specifically to certain teams. So I think that if you really, really want to work in soccer, you kind of have to create those opportunities for yourself wherever you can. And, you know, what I always tell people is, is the worst thing that someone can say to you is no. <laughs> You know, if, if you ask to volunteer or ask to shadow or, you know, put yourself out there to an organization and say, you know, hey, here are my interests and this is, you know, what I'd kind of like to do long term. What, you know, maybe could we talk about some of the different ways I could help you? Uh, again, the worst thing anyone's ever going to say to you is no. So, um, you know, you just sometimes you got to put yourself out there and see what happens and if you do get a no, just don't stop trying, you know, look for the next opportunity and um, just you always got to be ready because you, you know, you honestly never know um, when that opportunity is going to present itself. I, I'll, you know, I'll give you a kind of a, I always like to share this story. It's um, I just think, I still think it's just so random. Um, I will, you know, give a quick shout out to the uh, isokinetic uh, football medicine conference that is usually held annually at this point over in Europe. Uh, if you're interested in soccer medicine, uh, it's, it's really the best, I would say it's the best conference you can go to in the world. There's usually about 2000 people there from all over the world. Most of the major clubs usually have representatives there. And, um, I've been twice in London and, and twice in Barcelona Fingers crossed, hopefully get to get to go this next year when it's in Lyon. But I want to say it was the the first year I was there in Barcelona. I was uh, with a friend and, and we were talking to different groups of people. And, um, you know, she actually kind of introduced me to this guy. And then she ran and started talking to someone else. And so I'm kind of sitting there talking to this guy and, uh, you know, kind of get to a lull in the conversation and stuff. So, you know, what, what, what do you do? And turns out he was the chief medical officer for us soccer and, uh, you know, got to chat him up a little bit and, you know, one thing led to another. And I think that was kind of how I maybe first got my, my foot in the door to be considered to, to work with some of, um, us soccer's teams. So you never know when it's going to happen. Uh, for me, it was, you know, at a Con Ed conference over in Barcelona. So, you know, just always be ready, put yourself out there. And um, I think that, you know, that that will go a long way towards eventually getting you to where you want to be. Perfect. Um, so as I was saying, I think it's, you know, super beneficial to network. It's, uh, it sometimes it can be a little intimidating, but like you said, the worst thing someone can say is no. And if that happens, 
the best thing you can do is just move on and, you know, try to find somebody that'll say yes and take a chance on you. Michael, thank you so much for your time. Uh, you gave a lot of great insight and a lot of well thought out answers that I think can be super, you know, informative for people that want to get into sports PT. Um, and with that being said, that has been the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. Huge shout out to Michael Messer of the Nashville Sox Club for coming on to the latest episode of the Sports Rehab Experts podcast. If you learned anything new, enjoyed listening to Michael, or want to hear more from great future guests, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you're listening.